And praise the name of Jesus. Wow, this is 2018, believe it or not, our last Sunday in January. And this whole month, I've been so sensitive to uh, be a very... Uh, committed to, if I could say it that way, to the word that God has given us for this year. He said, this is the year of the Holy Spirit. He said, I, I need my church to embrace my spirit. I need my church to welcome my spirit. I need my church to walk in the power of my spirit. I need my church to not quench my spirit. This is the year of the Holy Spirit. And I said, God, I'm going to honor you. And this whole month, we've been massaging that truth in every crevice and every uh, uh, orifice, as you might would say, of our mind and our spirit and our soul, that we would truly embrace that truth and be committed to that truth in Jesus' name, that we would welcome the Holy Spirit. The doormat is there. You, you, you're the one in charge of the door. Uh, you can open the door and say, welcome Holy Spirit, or you can keep the door shut and say, Spirit of the living God, you just stay outside of here. But I pray that each and every one of you will meet the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of of the living God who can do all things in and through your life. He is the Spirit of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? He has the limitless, he is the limitless power of God. He is the limitless wisdom of God. And He's willing to come and live on the inside of each and every one of you who will open the door and say, Welcome, Holy Spirit. Amen. I, I've just been meditating on this prophetic word that God has given us. And, and I believe God's got, He just wants to take us to a whole nother level. Where you are, let me tell you, God's got better. You say, well, where I'm at is great. Well, He's got greater. You say, well, where I'm at's awesome. Well, He's got awesomer, if that's a word. He's got awesomer, okay? He just wants to do greater things in and through your lives individually for your family, and for this church, and for this church. Hallelujah. So the height we've never seen, He wants to take us to. A depth that we've never experienced, He wants us to dive into. A new season that reflects heaven on earth is what the Spirit of the Lord wants to bring forth in and through your life. And all of this, let me tell you, all of this has a demand. It demands, on a, it demands a fresh anointing. We need a fresh anointing. It demands a fresh infilling of the Spirit of God, which we need. A total yielding to the anointing of His hand and, and letting the resurrection power of God bring new life in and through our lives. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. I think I've said that more this month than I've said in a whole year's time. Shame on me. I'm telling you, we need the Spirit of God. He said, just like a body is dead without its spirit, so is my body dead without the Spirit of God. Let me tell you what, we can't be what God's created us to be. We can't do what God's created us to do. We can't go where God has created us to go without the Spirit of the living God. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Man, I've been studying on the Holy Spirit more uh, since this prophetic word of entering into 2018. And, and in doing so, I've just looked and there's so many roles that he plays. He just, he's amazing. And I wanted us to look at some of the amazing roles of the Holy Spirit this morning that I believe will inspire us, it will instruct us, and I pray give us direction where we can be more uh, yielded to him than ever before. So if you would join with me, we're going to be looking God's Word and we're going to be looking at several roles of the Holy Spirit. Looking first at John chapter 3, John chapter 3 verse 5. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's a scripture overhead. But the first thing I want to talk about is the role of the Spirit of God is that He regenerates us. It is the Spirit of God who regenerates us. Jesus told Nicodemus that we are born again by the Holy Spirit. Here in John 3 and 5, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So he was telling us as we're born in water, and then we have to also be born in the Spirit, uh, or of the Spirit, in order to be saved. Now what is he saying there? Well, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 tells us that it is the Holy Spirit that, that, that takes us and baptizes us into the body of Christ when we believe. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, surrender to His Lordship, 
and repent of your sins, you are inviting Jesus' person and work of what He did on Calvary to pay your sin debt, His blood to wash you white as snow. He's bridged the gap between you and God, and now we are reconciled with God in and through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. When we do that, we are not doing that on our own. We surrender, but the Spirit of the living God comes in and works a miracle in our life. And He takes us and He immerses us, He grafts us in, and He puts us as part of the body of Christ. We, go, we come out of darkness into light. As the writer of the uh, great hymn, Amazing Grace, says, I once was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was bound, but now I'm free. All of that is the terminology of what the Spirit of the living God did. That when He got born again, and when you get born again, it is the Holy Ghost that takes the blinders off of our eyes that we can now see as sons and daughters of the Most High God. It is the Holy Spirit that brings us up out of the prison of that debt prison and pays the blood of Jesus pays our debt but the Holy Spirit is the one that gets us up out of that stink hole and brings us out into liberty and freedom and it is He who causes us to be able to sing a song Amazing Grace with a heart full of love Hallelujah let me tell you what the Holy Spirit is right here right now ready to work in and through anybody who is willing to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And then He indwells us and gives us the confidence as a new child of God. None of us, look to your right, look to your left, none of us would be Christians today if it were not for the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit. None of us. It's impossible. You cannot will yourself to be a Christian. You cannot pay to be a Christian. You cannot work hard enough to be a Christian. You cannot be good enough to be a Christian. What you have to do by faith is receive the, the work that Jesus Christ has done for us. And in that faith act of receiving the work that Jesus has done for us, surrendering to His Lordship, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, moves in and does a supernatural rebirthing of our lives. Hallelujah. That we are now born again, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Now, if you're praying for someone to repent and give their heart to Jesus, I don't want you to minimize the role of the Holy Spirit in the process. I've heard people say, Pastor, I might mess up. I want, them, I want them to know Jesus. I want them to experience the greatness and the love of God like I do, but I'm scared I'll mess up. Let me tell you what. You've you got to understand, you're not out there by yourself. If you'll just tell them about what God did for you, if you'll just tell them about what God has done in your life and just brag on Him a little bit, you'll speak to that creative order of God in them. They were not created for hell. They were created for heaven. And let me tell you, the wages of sin, has, all of us have sinned and come short of the uh, glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, a separation from God. But let me tell you what, deep inside there's a divine DNA that's waiting to hear the clarion call that there's a way of salvation, that there's a Savior, that there's a, a spot blood that will pay for your sinful account. They're just waiting here. And you just start bragging on Jesus. And let me tell you what, you've got the Holy Ghost is right there. Don't minimize the role that the Holy Spirit plays in this process of regeneration. And let me tell you what, they may not respond to you even positively when you're sharing with them, but when they go away, guess who goes with them? Guess who goes with them? The Holy Spirit goes right with them and says, you know what they said is true. You don't have to live in this bondage. You don't have to live under this condemnation. You don't have to live in this misery. You don't have to live with this sense of worthlessness. You don't have to live with this. What they said is true. What that one told, when they told you that they were in bondage, but now they're free, that they don't, can't explain it, but God saved them and lifted them and gave them a joy and, and, a, and a peace that is just beyond, uh, beyond the mind's comprehension. Let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit says, that's the truth. That's the truth. And if they say, oh, but I, I want to get saved. Let me go find them. The Holy Spirit will say, no, you don't have to find them. All you need is me. Hallelujah. Don't minimize the role of the Holy Spirit in the regeneration process. 
because he is ready and willing and moving in any repentant believer. If you'll believe and repent and receive Jesus Christ, he'll literally breathe new life into the dead. Hallelujah. I mean, Ezekiel saw this in Ezekiel 37. He got up to a valley of dry bones. It was an army that undoubtedly had been slain and defeated and and. They had lost not just the battle, but they had lost their war. And they were just all in their dead. But God says, don't look at the death. This is not a finality. Because what looks like in the natural eye, it's all over. He says, when my Holy Ghost comes in, he says, it's just the beginning. He says, just the beginning. He said, prophesy to these dry bones. Speak to the wind, the Ruach, the, the, the Holy Spirit. Speak to the Spirit, he says. So he began to prophesy. And he began to call on the Spirit of God. And we know what happened. The wind of God, the breath of God, the pneuma of God, the ruach of God began to blow on those bones and they began to shake, rattle, and roll. Hallelujah. There was a little rocking and rolling going on. And those bones came back together. And the Bible says that the bones not only came back together, but tendon and sinew and skin covered them. And then he says, prophesy, prophesy to my breath that the breath would come into them. And then the breath came back into them and a whole army was resurrected out of that valley. Ezekiel saw that there and he's like wow this is amazing and God gave us that as a picture so that we in our lives we can have dead areas we can seem like it's all lost we've lost not only the battle but we've lost a war but I'm here to tell you don't you put up your white flag of surrender yet what you need to do is say I need the breath of God I need the spirit of God and you begin to prophesy and call welcome Holy Spirit come into my death come into my Come into my lostness. Come into my brokenness. Come into this pain that I'm in. And let me tell you what, the Ruach, the Pneuma of God can come into any situation with resurrection power. Hallelujah. You need to call on the Spirit of God. Never forget the raw power of conversion, of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit who is available at conversion. Let me tell you what will help Anybody, the lostest of the lostest of the lost can be found in Jesus Christ by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So his, his uh, role is he, he regenerates us. And then we see he empowers us. Jesus told the early followers that were with him that when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, he says what in Luke 24, 49? He says, you will be clothed with power from on high. That's how Jesus wanted His church to start out. And that's how He wants His church to continue. He wants us to be clothed with power, not from the earth, but from on high. Heaven's power on earth clothing you, endued in and through your life. Some people say, well, that, that sounds noisy and disruptive. It sounds like something might shake the world. Well, wherever the Spirit goes, I do believe He changes us into radicals. When I see milk toast, I don't know if that's a good word to use in here, but if I see milk toast, lukewarm Christians, they don't do much for me. Let me tell you what, that does not excite me at all. When I see someone milk toast or, or lukewarm in business, that doesn't excite me about their business. They may have a good product, but it doesn't excite me. When I see someone lukewarm in a relationship, that doesn't excite me. When I see someone lukewarm out here driving and they, can't, they don't know if they're going to be in the right lane or the left lane, they don't know if they're going to ever get up to the speed limit or not, that don't excite me. Come on now. And Jesus says, I wish you'd be hot or cold. I wish you'd be uh, moving forward or get out of the way. Come on now. He said, because when you're lukewarm, you cause the body to become sick. Jesus said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. So when the Spirit of the Lord truly comes into our life, let me tell you what, I believe He brings a sense of, of being radical through a holy process, not, not destruct and disruptive or chaotic, but He gives us power. He gives us boldness. I was that little country boy that had a little stutter that just kind of didn't want to say a whole lot, and I was always in the background. And even when God called me to preach, and my mom even said, she said, not him, maybe his brother. No, his brother Jim, he's bold and he's loud and he's out front, but Tim? You know, and most of the family didn't even know me. They're like, 
Oh, y'all got three kids? You know, because I was always in the shadow. But let me tell you what, when the Holy Ghost came, praise the Lord, they took and he transformed me and he gave me a power to preach boldly, to witness in love and to give supernaturally, to heal the sick and cast out devils and even raise the dead, the Holy Spirit said he would do in and through our lives. Hallelujah. See, hundreds and hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church on the day of Pentecost, the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel, he was a newly anointed priest and he got a free preview of how God was going to send his Holy Spirit. Now the preview came in the form of, I call it technicolor. It was like a technicolor-like vision that included a stormy wind. And it included a cloud that glowed with fire. And it included flashing of lightning. And a strange four-faced cherubim empowered by God's divine energy. And what God was sharing with Ezekiel in this vision and was helping us to see in this coming miracle of Pentecost is that when God clothes His people with the Holy Ghost, He clothes them with power from on high. Hallelujah. And the early disciples, they, they would not only hear the sound of the rushing wind, they would not only see the flames of fire that descended upon every believer's head, but they also were infused with untamable qualities that were manifest through their life for the remainder of their life. I mean, amazing qualities, supernatural strength they experienced, a fiery courage in the midst of opposition and persecution and uncanny boldness they experienced and, and an ability to see in the, in the invisible realm by faith and call that which is in the invisible realm, which is more real than that which is in the visible realm, and by faith pull it into the visible realm. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not suggesting in any way that the Holy Spirit brings disorder or chaos. God is not the author of confusion, right? But we must be careful. Challenge yourself. We must be careful not to try and confine the Holy Spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? To muzzle Him to constrain him to what I call shoot him with a tranquilizer gun so that we can maintain control. I pray that we never, hear me God, I pray that we never do anything that would suggest to you Holy Spirit to stay away from us so that we can play a tame version of church without unexpected interruption. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You're welcome here to prophesy. You're welcome here to bring a word in tongues with interpretation. You are here welcome to bring a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. You are here welcome here to bring a gift of faith and the gift of miracles. You are welcome here, Holy Spirit. Because if we do constrain Him, we will become weak, timid, compromised and powerless to be a change agent that we were destined and called by God to be. I am here to remind you today that the promise of the Holy Spirit remains now. Remains now. He is here. And if you'll say, welcome Holy Spirit and open your door, He will come right on in. Hallelujah. Any Christian daring to invite the Holy Spirit to empower them can experience all the manifestations of the power that operated in the early church and is supposed to be operating in the church today. Amen. He empowers us, but He also guides us. See, the Holy Spirit has access to all of the wisdom of God because the Holy Spirit is God. Don't you ever look at Him separate from God. He is God. This is the Spirit of God here among us to live in us and flow through us. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit has all wisdom, all the wisdom of God. 
And when you allow Him to abide in you and to lead you continually, He will cause you to grow and mature spiritually and be your teacher. 1 John 2 and 27, it says that all that depend on Him will know uh, where to go and how to go in that way. I love what Romans 8 and 14 says. Here, Paul says, For as many as are led, as many as are led, ask yourself, am I being led by the Spirit of God? Or am I doing my own thing? Am I being led by the Spirit of God? Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters or the children of God. And if you're a child of God, you have access to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And He's the best guide you'll ever have. He'll never give you past uh, uh, old information. I'm telling you what, I've had my, our guidance, even yesterday we were out. And that thing had us going around in circles. And, uh, and then we get to one place and it says go down uh, several miles this way, go through a neighborhood, all just to make a U-turn to end back up. It's like, why do we want to go all those miles out of the way? I'll just make a U-turn here. What's wrong with you, girl? You know, uh, the one that was talking to me had a female voice. So I, you know, I'm not picking on girls, but I'm just like, what's wrong with you, girl? I remember one time we were out in a, a city I wasn't familiar with, and it says, make a right turn. And, uh, and it was nighttime, and, and I'm, I'm there, and I'm like, okay, I'll make a right turn, and there's headlights and horns blowing. I'm going down a one-way street. I'm like, girl, what's wrong with you? You're trying to kill me and my family? Let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit will never guide you wrong. See, I'm old enough to remember when we didn't have GPS software. When you went in a glove box and you pulled out a map. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It is a wonder we ever found where we were going. I remember one time, not too long ago, we were out in another state. And I said, told the kids, I said, I preached a revival in that church. And we were in the backwoods of somewhere. They said, how in the world did you find it? I said, well, I stopped at the little gas station and they said, you go down there to the, to the oak tree, the one that's got split by the lightning storm of 1974. And then when you make a right turn there and then you go down not to the gray barn, that barn is termite eaten, they don't even use it anymore. But there's a red barn a little further down that they're using now, the farmer, uh, you know, the Talmuds there. And you make a right turn there and then you go down, ah, it's three or four, five, six miles, something like that, you know, and you'll, you'll come upon him. And that was some of the directions I got, you know. And, uh, and sometimes you'd get there and you'd see a, a gray barn, a red barn, and an orange barn, and a blue barn, and a tan barn. And you're like, they didn't mention any of that. What am I supposed to do here? And, and the oak tree that was split, well, they didn't know that the, the, the owners of it had cut it down. And it's no longer even there. They hadn't even been down that way in the last week or two. And, and, uh, but the Holy Spirit, when He tells you, He knows. He's up to date. You can follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You need to let Him guide you. Another role of the Holy Spirit, I see, is that He unites us. Now, I love this, especially on the Partnership Sunday, because in the book of Acts, it tells us that the first disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and look what they did. They continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, which was the proper teaching of the Scripture, and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. That word fellowship I underline because it's from a Greek word, a koinonia. And koinonia, this Greek word, it means partnership. It is a supernatural grace. Get this. This koinonia is something that God does on earth where God comes with a supernatural grace and He causes Christians to love one another deeply. That's why, and probably you know what I'm talking about here, where you can be closer to brothers and sisters in Christ than you are even to your own brothers and sisters biologically. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we start saying, well, you're my brother from another mother and stuff like that, but we, it's just this funny way of talking, but it's the work of koinonia. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now you know why I love you guys so much. Trey, you hear what I'm saying? I love you guys. Man, you are awesome. Jeff, I love you guys. I can't say it to you ladies except Pastor Rodriguez. I love you because I get in trouble. Okay, But I love all of you. But it's not a love that I learned on the farm. It's not a love that I learned in Bible college. It's not a love that I got from seminary. It's a love of the Holy Ghost. God's love in me reaches out, and I love you guys, and that's why y'all love me so much. Say amen. amen. 
<laughs> Praise God, because of this grace, supernatural grace. It was not possible before Pentecost because of the manifestation of the indwelling Holy Spirit had not taken place. But just as the Spirit's dunamis power, dynamite power, enables us to heal the sick and lay hands on them and to cast out devils and all these great things, the koinia, grace of the Spirit of God, knits our hearts and binds us together. So we're in this together. So no one of you who claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is in this earth alone. You've got the Holy Spirit, but you've got brothers and sisters right now. And we care about you. If you're going through something, we care about what you're going through. If you need a guidance and help in any way, the Holy Spirit has surrounded you with people that would love to come alongside and help. Have you ever heard the old saying, well, that guy, he, 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 he just wants to do anything to help. He, he'd give you the shirt off his back. You've ever heard that saying before? Well, he's not literally got to give you the shirt off his back because more than likely, if he's that kind of operating in the Spirit of God, God's already given him a connection that he's got some extra shirts that he could give you if you needed a shirt. But it's just that koinia, that, that, that knitting together that the Spirit of God uh, uh, causes. And it tells us in Acts 2 and 40, Four and further, that once this koinia took place, they wanted to share their possessions unselfishly. If you had a need, we wanted to come together and meet that need. We have a hospitality team. Sister Ray and Sister Diane and uh, some of you ladies uh, out here. I can see Sister Emmy and different ones of you. I've seen y'all signing up. The food train. Is that what y'all got? The food train. You know, if somebody goes to the hospital or somebody has a baby or something like that, the food train. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get sick to get on the food train, but I want to know, I got to get my name on the food train uh, just for being a good boy or something other. Just let me know. But uh, that man, all the meals start coming out and people coming and wanting to help clean up the house. And I've seen men, some of our men go and cut the yards and, and dust stuff and just working on the cars and getting things fixed because we're family. We're family. Here at Christian Embassy, you're not in life alone. We're in this thing together. And if you suffer alone, shame on you. You're violating the very koinia of God. You're isolating yourself from God's plan. So, so we need to lean on each other, trust each other, build our lives together. That's the same thing that brought Paul and Timothy and Luke and Titus and Priscilla and Aquila and all those teams together. It was the koinia of God. So we must embrace and not quench koinia. You cannot download it. You cannot buy it. You cannot fake it. Come on now. We have to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and then He works through us to connect us with our brothers and our sisters in a supernatural way. Isn't that awesome? I just think that's so awesome. Praise God. I've had people say, well, where's your family? Where are you from? I said, South Carolina down near Myrtle Beach. Is that where your family's at? Yeah, my mom, my brother, my sister, and you know, my nephews and nieces, they're all there. Well, where's Pastor Rodica from? She's got that little accent. What is that accent? You know, what state is that from? I said, the state of Romania. <laughs> oh, is her family in Romania? No. But when they came to the States, they went as far away from us as Romania. They're in Washington, all the way on the West Coast. And uh, there's a huge Romanian community there. It wasn't that they were running from us, I don't think. She's my interpreter. I've never had an argument with my mom and my dad, my father-in-law and mother-in-law because I don't speak Romanian, they don't speak English, so I don't think we've ever had an argument. <laughs> she always interprets it positive. So uh, they're like, wow, and God's got you here in Virginia with no family? I said, we got family. I said, let me tell you what, we've got more brothers and sisters than we can count, and they're growing by the week. Hallelujah. You guys are our family. And this is a supernatural act of God. Praise God. So he unites us. Let him work through you to unite you, bring you up out of isolationism, bring you up out of loneliness. You, a Christian who has welcomed the Holy Spirit should never be lonely because you've got more brothers and sisters around you if you'll let the Spirit of God unite you. And that means you've got to come out of your cave. You got to come out of your cave. You got to come to something like a family fun night. We just had Friday night. Man, that was so much fun. That, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was amazing. The food was good, but the fellowship was even better. And we've got so much of that plan. But here, even today, you don't just come in here quietly and run out. Get to know each other. 
hang out in the foyer. Plan to go out to lunch afterwards and invite me. No, no, no. I, I'm <laughs> plan to go out after lunch together. And, uh, and I'm just joking there because I really like to go get a nap after the second service. So uh, don't think, oh, my pastor's wanting some food. No, I want a nap. Okay. Then some food, praise God. But he unites us. And then another thing I see that he does is he intercedes for us. Oh, do we not need that? This is one of the greatest miracles of grace. The Apostle Paul told us that the Holy Spirit who now lives on the inside of us, He intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Romans 8, 26. In other words, even when we don't know how to pray. You ever been there? The Spirit prays the perfect will of God for our lives. No matter how dark, no matter how difficult, no matter how challenging life comes at us, the Spirit of God travails for us to bring us safely through whatever is coming against us. Have you ever groaned in prayer? I believe most of us know the feeling, you know, where we don't feel full of faith. Any, anybody take their little Dollar Tree halo off long enough? <laughs> you say, you know what, there's times I don't feel so full of faith. And, 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 and you utter your deepest cries to God, and it may be just, oh, God, help me. What's going on? Anybody ever been there? Psalm, Psalmist uh, David writes in Psalms uh, 30 and 2, he says, oh, Lord, my God, all I could do was cry for help. Didn't have any other words. I just cried for help. Well, let me tell you what, you can cry for help. And even though you don't have the right words, the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. The Holy Spirit will help you come out of that and bring you to the safety of the other side. And then number six, I love this one, He comforts us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. Before Jesus went to the cross, He spent a lot of time with His disciples and right before He uh, was to be crucified, He spent even more time with those friends, that inner circle, and He's talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. And he tells them in John 14 and 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. I've underlined another helper. We're going to come back to that. And he will be with you forever. So is today part of that forever? So the Holy Spirit is with us right now, right? Some people say, ah, oh, the canonization of the Scripture came and the Holy Spirit, pfft, he's done. No more need of the Holy Spirit. How knuckleheaded could you be? He will be with you forever. Come on now. And that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you. And Jesus is prophetic here. And he will be in you. Now, after the day of Pentecost, we know he came and now he dwells in us. So now he's not only with us, he is in us. I'm not leaving you as orphans. I will come to you. And after Jesus was raised from the dead and he finds his disciples dejected and discouraged and all huddled into a house, all afraid, and he appears to them and, and he shows them the piercing in his hands and he shows them the, the piercing in his side. And in John 20 and 22 says, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. They were born again. Born again. They needed the Spirit of God after Jesus' blood had been shed. Because no one could go to the Father by animal's blood, but only by the blood of Jesus. And now as they're born again, now we see they go to Pentecost, days after that, to be clothed with power from on high as they are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So He comforts us. He comforts us. Now you see that underlined, another helper? Now that comes from a Greek word. Don't y'all love Greek? <laughs> it's what the original New Testament was written in. It says, uh, if we could, uh, yeah, parakletos there. It's this word, two words in the Greek, para and kletos. And it means uh, come alongside. It's what para means. And kletos means strength or structure that comes alongside brokenness. Okay. So I've got two pictures for you to look at up here to get a picture of parakletos. So when he says, I'm going to send you a comforter, a comforter, I'm going to send you the parakletos, here's what he was saying. Now parakletos, if you'll see, come, to, come alongside one's, uh, as, as one's aid, strength for brokenness. You see the guy uh, climbed the mountain there and he's rejoicing. Look at his leg and his knee. He's got a damaged knee and a leg there, but he strapped on this brace 
that came and brought structure and strength alongside his brokenness so that he could get to the mountaintop. Do you see that? That's what the parakletos does. That's the Holy Spirit. His name is parakletos. When Jesus said, I send you another helper, another comforter, he said, that's parakletos. I'm sending you strength and structure and power that will come alongside your brokenness so that you can still get to the high places of my calling for you. That your brokenness is not going to disqualify you. That your lack of strength and your lack of structure and your lack of ability is not going to keep you from fulfilling the purpose of God. God for your life. Some people say it would be my age that is holding me back. I'm either too young or I'm too old. Some would say it's my health that is holding me back. I don't have the lungs or I don't have the, 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 the joint capacity or whatever. Some would say it's my finances that are holding me back. Let me tell you what, when you welcome the Paracletos, when you welcome the Holy Spirit, that's who He is. He comes alongside His strength that comes alongside your brokenness whatever it is uh, so that your brokenness does not hold you back, but now the power of God gets you to the place that God has called you to be. You are not walking alone. Hallelujah. And then another definition of parakletos is one who pleads another's cause before a judge, a legal assistant, an advocate, an attorney, a helper. So when you see some places it's translated, the Holy Spirit is our helper, is parakletos. He is our advocate in places it's translated. He's our parakletos. He is our attorney. He is our counsel. He is our strength. He is our cast. He is our splint along broken legs. All these things, he, he is. Is so he can comfort us. And that means that comforting there doesn't mean lay you in a bed and put you on a soft pillow and just say, you lay here and be comforted. It says that you can be comforted in this fact that nothing that hell throws against me can keep me from fulfilling God's purpose and plan for my life. Nothing that this world could ever come and try to deter me can keep me from fulfilling God's perfect plan for my life because I have the Holy Spirit. I have the parakletos. I have a comforter. He knows how to stand and plead my case when Satan tries to bring accusation like a prosecution attorney and tries to bring me down and tries to bind me and tries to lock me up. Uh, the judge says, you don't need to speak, sir. You don't know the court, uh, the language of the court. But he looks to the Holy Spirit who is with me, and the Holy Spirit says, I know the language of the court, and gets me free, and gets me out of that courtroom uh, so that I can fulfill my destiny. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Spirit, and He comforts us. Praise God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Now let's land this plane, okay? Here's the final one I want us to talk about is He refines us. He refines us. John the Baptist tells us in Luke 3 and 16 that I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one mightier than me that is coming whose sandal strap I'm not even worthy to loose, and He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody say, and fire. Come on, and fire. Come on, say it with a little attitude. And fire. Ah, come on. And fire. Woo! And fire. Yes! When the Holy Spirit came to those 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, He manifested Himself in two ways there. The sound of a rushing mighty wind, the Bible says, and as flames of fire miraculously appeared on each person's head. You see it right here when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a what? A sound from heaven as a, as a rushing mighty wind, and, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There were appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Two things I want you to see here. As the fire came, it first, it settled upon each one of them. You, as an individual, need the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I'm a part of a church that's opened its doors and welcomed the Holy Spirit. That's great. But you, the church is made up of yous. Now, I know that's bad English, but it gets my point. All of yous, all of us, is, we make up the church. So the Holy Spirit first comes upon us as an individual. The fire of heaven comes upon us, upon our head. It's got to change. It's got to transform. It's got to purify. It's got to bring holiness to our mind. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
We need the fire on us. We know it wasn't a physical fire that burnt their hair or that said that. It was a sign of the fire, the purging, the purifying power of God that came upon their head. We've got to have our minds renewed. We've got to stop with our stinking thinking. We've got to get our mind right. We've got to get our facts right. We've got to get our understanding right. And when we do, it affects our tongue. Do you see it affected their tongue? The one way I know individuals are not walking in the fullness of the Spirit is with a litmus piece of paper, a litmus test piece of paper. And that's their tongue. And if the tongue is not producing the fruit of the Spirit, I know the mind has not been purged by the fire of the Spirit. You hear what I'm saying? There's still a sanctifying work that needs to take place. The Bible says that our minds need to be renewed by the Word of God so that we are not formed or pressed into the mold of this world, but we're transformed into what God has called us to be. And that transformation is metamorphosis where we get, you know, going from a caterpillar to a butterfly, from crawling to flying. There, that miracle needs to take place, but it starts in our head with the Holy Ghost fire purging and burning out all of the, the bad and the, and the wickedness and, the, and all that stuff we'd learned when we were in the other world. Then it affects our tongue. If you're not speaking, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Goodness. Kindness. Love, right? Faith. Oh, that's why when somebody comes to me and says, well, I just can't believe. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. But I want to. It's like, stop it. Do you not understand? Your tongue is the rudder of your ship and it's going to find its course and destination by what you're saying. Life and death is in that power of that tongue. Blessing and curses. Let's get the Holy Ghost fire, the sanctifying fire of God to bring forth, burn out the things of this world, burn out the mindsets of this world, burn out the limitation thinking and the stinking thinking. Man, let me tell you what, we need our minds to be made holy. Do you hear what I'm saying? We need a mindset of holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see God. You're not going to see God. You're not going to see the manifest of His will in your life. You're not going to see the manifest of what He's promised over you if you don't get your mind purged, sanctified, and you don't have to do it by yourself. There's a fire from heaven. There's a fire of the Holy Spirit that will help you in burning off the dross and burning off the chaff and burning off the things that don't line up with the will of God. Hallelujah. Are you willing to allow God to purify you? In those recesses of your mind that you're like, oh, hmm, that thinking don't line up with the Word of God, but I like holding on to that thinking, so I'm just... that uh, You need to be made holy. There needs to be a sanctification that takes place. He sanctifies us. Fire sanctifies us. It purifies us. We need to welcome the Holy Spirit in those areas of our mind as well. Think if you've lived in a house for 25 or 30 years. How many of you have lived in your house for 25 years? Raise your hand. Keep it up. Keep it up. 25 years. 30 years. Keep it up. 35 years. Keep it up. 40 years. Keep it up. 45 years. Keep it up. 50 years. How many years? 45 years. They've lived in their house. Now, the Masons had lived in their house 52 years. It was in the first service. So let me tell you what, that's a long time. Now, I'm not going to accuse Bubba or Beverly of anything, okay? I'm just going to say, if they're like most normal people, if they were to sell their house and say, we're downsizing, and, uh, and, and we're going to go into a you know, condo or something like that. We don't want to keep up the yard or anything like that anymore. I doubt they'll do that. But if, say, they, they would start unpacking, they'd pack things. And let's say they love that refrigerator that's 45 years old. That thing's still ticking. They're going to take it with them. I probably, when they pull that refrigerator out, there'll be things under it or behind it that they didn't know about. There may be some hair bands, there may be some hair, there may be some nutshells, there may be something dust uh, that blew under there that they didn't even realize. Most of us don't pull our refrigerator out every week and clean. Now, Sister Beverly, she may, she may, but I, if most normal people don't. And you'd look back there like this guy and say, yuck, 
I didn't know all that was back there. Wow, I got to do some cleaning before I make this house available for sale. Right? Well, you know, the same is true in our lives. Sometimes we hide our secret sins in private compartments. And we mask them. Our ugliest attitudes, we mask it. Even, we even mask it with humor. And when the Spirit comes in power, He comes to, he comes to clean us with His fire, purge us, sanctify us, and make us holy. We can't make ourselves holy, but we've got access to the fire of God who will purify us and purge us and that we can partner with Him to see that sanctification process take place. We need to let Him move the furniture around in our lives. And we need to do some cleaning. There's some resentment that needs to go. There's some anger that needs to go. There's some shame that needs to go. There's some addictive behaviors. You know, you know what I'm talking about needs to go. Anything that creates any distance between us and God, it needs to go. So I encourage you to open your heart to the Spirit's fire and say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to come in and refine me, to purge me, to cleanse me, to sanctify me. Lord, I want to partner with you to see the cleansing power of heaven manifested through my life. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Amen. He's here to regenerate you. If you want to be born again today, he's right here. He's ready to take you and lead you into the family of God supernaturally to become a son or a daughter of God right now. If you'll repent of your sins, change your mind and say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to live for you, Jesus. I believe God's raised you from the dead. Come into my heart. I surrender to your Lordship. The Holy Spirit is here right now to work the power of regeneration supernaturally son or daughter, the Most High God. He's here to empower you to live the Christian life and to guide you through all of the nuances and curves and turns of life, giving you perfect guidance. He is here to unite us. That devil's trying to keep you separated. They don't like me. They don't like me. The devil's a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Sorry, sorry, Dr. Wayne. Liar, liar, pants on fire. He's a liar. He's telling you everything he can to keep you isolated when the Holy Spirit is here to koinia, unite you. And he wants to intercede for you and be your comforter. He wants to speak to the judge. He wants to speak against the prosecution's case. You know what? I've been in many court cases in my life. Sometimes I've seen the, the, the defendant get up there and, and say, well, Your Honor, uh, this is what was happening and this is what was happening. And I've even seen it in cases where the judge has said, Sir, you need to stop. Ma'am, you need to stop. You're, let your attorney speak. Because you just think you're telling, but you don't know the language of the court. And you're just thinking you're saying it, but what you're saying is being used against you. So you need someone who's trained in the language of the court who can get you out and get you free rather than having you bound. And the Holy Spirit's ready to do that. He'll speak for you. He'll come alongside your brokenness. He will refine you as well. God has not changed His Word. You say the world has become very lukewarm. The world has become very compromising. The world has become very write-your-own-gospel message even if it violates the true gospel message of the Word of God. All roads lead to God. All gods lead to God. No, that's not what the Word says. we got to stick with the Word. No matter how that doesn't, maybe you don't like it, it's not what you like, it's what God has set up as truth. And you can't avoid His truth. And if there's anything in you that's standing against the will of God, it needs to be purged out. It needs to be burnt off. It needs to be cleansed by the fire of the Spirit of God. Because God has not changed His Word. And He said, without holiness, no man is going to see me. No man. And we can we acquire holiness on our own? As hard as we try, we can't. But there's a fire of the Holy Ghost. 
that if we'll partner with him, we got to do our part. We'll do what we can do, but he's going to do what he can only do. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we stand in your presence on this Sabbath day, Lord. Lord, on the first day of the week, as you were resurrected, they began to gather together and say, this is our new Sabbath, a day where we celebrate that everything that you said, you backed it up with your life, you backed it up in death, and you backed it up with your resurrection. And now you back in it up with your spirit. So Holy Spirit, we receive you this morning. Wherever you need him, I want you to invite him in right now. If you need to be born again, say, Holy Spirit, I'm here. I, I want to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I do that now. Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, just pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. And I confess your lordship over my life now. I surrender my life to you. And now just give yourself to the Holy Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit baptize you, immerse you. Bring you into the one body of Christ supernaturally. Hallelujah. Your name's being written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes, the angels in heaven are rejoicing at one who calls on Jesus to be Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been walking in powerlessness and you feel like you're overwhelmed by circumstances, overwhelmed by situations, overwhelmed. You're not in this by yourself. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You need to say, Holy Spirit, come on. Come on, Holy Spirit. Greater are you who are in me. I need you in me. Fill me. Refill me. Fill me. I need you in me. Holy Spirit. Yes! I need you to bring your power. Uh, this life is hard. These challenges are tough. These circumstances, are, are they seem immovable. But you, Holy Spirit, the power of heaven on earth will help blaze the trail. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And now guide me. Guide me, Lord. Guide me through these turns and these uh, 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 navigations of life. And help unite me, God. There's friends around here, brothers and sisters of mine in this building, brothers and sisters of mine that come on this campus every week. And the devil's been telling me that I'm isolated. Nobody loves me. But Lord, I rebuke the devil now in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to make myself friendly. You said if we want friends, show ourselves friendly. And the Holy Spirit, you'll come in with Koinia and unite us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now intercede for me, Lord God, with the things in my life I don't even know how to pray for. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to be praying the right prayer to bring me successfully through it. And now come alongside my brokenness. Go ahead and confess your brokenness to him. Say, Lord, I'm weak here, but I know the weak can say I'm strong. The poor can say I am rich. When Jesus Christ and the power of your spirit comes in, turns everything around. So now I welcome you, Holy Spirit, and also come in, refine me with your fire. Let your fire set upon me as an individual this day. On my head, let it change what comes out of my mouth. Let there be a sanctification that takes place that will be manifested through a verbalization of words that line up with the will of God and produce the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, I thank you as I welcome your Holy Spirit now for me to go and live this week through your power, through your love, in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.